Welcome to Changeable. This is episode number 112, Fearless in the Face of Health Uncertainty with Claire Asante. You're tuned in to Changeable with Dr. Amy Johnson. Changeable podcast is all about breaking habits, ending anxiety, and the ironic way change really works. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Hey everyone, welcome back to Changeable. Our guest today, Claire, is such an inspiration to me. I first met her, I mean, I guess I've known her a little bit for a while, but it was about a year ago, a little less than a year ago, um, when I had a real conversation with her and heard a little bit about uh, how much how much has changed for her. So as she'll discuss in this episode, she had a lot of anxiety for a long time. Um, and that's been getting a lot better in recent years. And then she was diagnosed with um, an eye condition that may cause her to lose her sight at some point. And this was just not long ago when she was diagnosed with this. And from what she's seen in this understanding, from what she's seen about the source of her well-being and where her experience comes from, it's incredible to me. It's so inspirational to me how she's been around, you know, this impending eye condition. And I just have been blown away every time I talk with her about it, that she's she's living life to the fullest. She's traveling and doing things and wanting to see everything she can see now while she can, just in case, but not in this scared, fearful way. Now, I'm sure she has her moments. And I think she even says in the episode, of course, she's human and has her moments. But to think that that someone like Claire not long ago and for most of her life was just worried and meek and caught up in a lot of anxiety and now is facing something that would throw anyone for a loop, but she's doing it with so much grace and so much fearlessness. And by fearlessness, I don't mean that fear doesn't show up. I mean that fear shows up and she sees it for what it is as much as anyone can. And that's, it's incredibly human. And it's really, really inspirational. So I've been, she's been on my mind for a long time to have her on the podcast. She's now a coach helping people see this because she's seen so much. Um, So I'm really excited to introduce you to her and have you listen in on our conversation. Hi, Claire. Thanks so much for coming on Changeable. Hi, Amy. Thank you for having me. Yeah, I'm looking forward to talking with you. So, um, yeah, so, so just kind of start us off, I guess, tell everyone a little about yourself and how you came into uh, this new paradigm understanding. Yeah, so when, I mean, when I look back, I think I've always been anxious, you know, I look back to my childhood and um, I just felt uncomfortable most of the time, um, didn't really like school, just felt a bit out of my depth. And then sort of as I got a little bit older and started hanging out with friends, I used to start kind of avoiding things like if we went into a shop I'd get them to pay for things things like that and and it's weird because when I look look back to my childhood I can't really remember a lot and when you know when I look at it now I sort of think I was probably never really present at the time so I never really kind of would you know I was always worried about what was coming next 
And, um, you know, and I had, you know, I had an amazing family. So I sort of felt like I didn't have the right to have all this anxiety. Mm -hmm. Um, And then when I was eight, I started synchronized swimming, which I did till I was like 24. And that kind of, I guess it kind of focused me a bit. And, you know, when you're an athlete, you kind of get into the flow. So I, you know, I did experience like peace of mind and, I was, you know, I was able to get out in front of all those people and perform and not have an issue with it, yet be a complete wreck when I was going into a shop to pay for stuff. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, You know, and I met my husband young, I was only 15, and then I became a hairdresser. And then I think it was when I was in my 20s, I had my first panic attack, which was just awful. I mean, you know, it's terrifying because it's so physical and, you know, it's, that's why people kind of compare it to heart attacks and stuff because it feels so real. Um, And then basically I spent my time trying to avoid that never happening again. And, you know, when I look back, I probably only had about three or four of them, but I just felt like I was always on the edge of one. So I would do the avoid things that I thought caused them. Um, I tried everything to get rid of them, CBT, NLP, counseling, but, you know, again, with the counselling, would go back to my childhood. And then I felt like a fraud because I had a really good childhood. So I, again, felt like, I, you know, so that even that kind of came with shoulds and shouldn'ts. And, yeah. um, you know, I shouldn't be feeling like this because I don't have the right because I've had a lovely time. <laughs> um, and I used to carry things around in my bag to kind of make sure I was safe, like beta blockers. And, and it was weird because if they were in my bag, I was okay. Um, but then, you know, I'd have situations that I felt made me feel anxious, but then I would sometimes just feel as anxious sitting watching the TV or something, which was confusing because, you know, if you've got something to, if you had one thing to avoid, you could just avoid that one thing. But I just couldn't kind of figure out why it was just happening wherever I was. So I put a lot of effort into not being <laughs> anxious, you know, sort of took over my life's work really. Um, and then I think I read something about if you were going to have a panic attack, you should just, should just let it happen, which I suppose was my first kind of indication that if you just let go, everything kind of just does it thing, its thing. But because I didn't, you know, I didn't know about this understanding then. So it, it just seemed like a good tip. And actually, that did stop the, I didn't really have panic attacks after that. Um, And I kind of white knuckled through my 20s. Driving was a massive issue for me. I really struggled with driving. I was all right with, um, I could drive on my own, (laughs) but I couldn't drive with someone sat next to me. So then I became a master of avoiding giving people lifts. (laughs) (laughs) which was just you know again just like all those um you know those things that you put in place to make sure you're okay yeah um the physical symptoms I would have of of the anxiety was shaking so I used to shake and and, um I was always quite um wary of the fact that people might notice that so again that kind of came with its own stuff um and then in my 30s, I had three children, which that, that kind of, I felt better when I'd had children because I think it was, um, it sort of took my mind off of me. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and then as I got older, I started to get anxious again. Um, and then I can remember I saw something Nicola Bird popped up on Facebook um, and I did the little peace of mind course, which, um, you know, I definitely saw something straight away and it felt amazing. And, you know, I felt like this is it. And then I did that kind of typical thing of, oh God, I've lost it, you know? (laughs) Um, And so then I was trying to find it again. I wanted to find that feeling and I was up and down for quite a long time wanting to get that feeling back. Um, But I still felt like there was something in it that was right. So, so then I was searching and searching and searching for that kind of initial feeling. Um, And then I did the, your little school of big change and I think what had happened when I was swimming a lot, because I um, I swam for six, uh, did synchronized swimming for sixteen years, and I qualified for the two thousand Olympics in a team, and um, we didn't end up going because the funding wasn't there. It wasn't. It was pre lottery funding, um, and when I was swimming, sometimes we'd be in the pool for like six hours at a time. So in the six hours, we'd get have chocolate break. So that was kind of my then that became like a belief that if you ate chocolate, you've got energy and, you know, it was that kind of making you feel better thing. So yeah. um, that became my kind of comfort, you know, sugary stuff. And um, when I did your school, that really helped with that. Um, and then last March, I went to um, the opticians and I was diagnosed with a, a rare genetic eye disease called retinus pigmentosa which um I was told I was going to lose my sight so luckily you know I had this understanding already so it wasn't the bombshell that it would have been a few years ago and um you know thanks to kind of your school and you know just this understanding I realized that when it happens I'll just be able to deal deal with it then um so that's kind of I'm sorry. sorry. You <laughs> no, well, yeah. Well, let's just, um, um, there's so much in that. So yeah. that last thing you just said is kind of major. So we're, we're going to come back to that because okay. I think most people listening probably aren't like, oh yeah, well, when it happens, I'll carry on. <laughs> and yeah. I know you haven't been like that the whole way through either. I mean, there's so much there that is, that's just incredible. But, um, but first, like, I didn't know you were an Olympic quality swimmer. That's kind of crazy. <laughs> Kept that one quiet. <laughs> yeah, that's news. That's amazing. Um, but I love how you're talking about, um, in your earlier days, kind of how the avoiding started. And just yeah. to look at, you know, how, how normal and natural is that? You feel kind of anxious. It's the most innocent, natural thing in the world to say like, oh, well, you go in and pay for it. I'll just wait out here. And, mm. you know, and then how that becomes this new pattern and how our mind, because our mind is always trying to make sense of, of what we're doing, it's in some weird way, it's almost like that becomes another piece of evidence, you know, for our mind. Like, oh, look, you know, you feel more, you, you're not even going into the shops anymore. Like you must really mm-hmm. be anxious. And just to see how that all starts is kind of interesting. Yeah, absolutely. And obviously people then just kind of stepped in and did it for me. So it just became quite natural and normal. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And then, yeah, it is. It's so interesting. And then we kind of forget if we ever really even knew that all that was, was in a moment 
you didn't feel well and you decided to avoid something. But it's yeah. like it takes on this truth and this meaning over time and it becomes this pattern in this new way. And, and then our mind has to justify why we don't go into the shops and why we can't mm-hmm. give people a lift and all of that. And before you know it, we feel like, well, oh, I clearly have an anxiety problem. Yeah, absolutely. And then it gets labeled as well, which doesn't help, does it? <laughs> no. Yeah, exactly. And how you said you felt like you were always living on the edge you only had a few panic attacks, but you felt like you were always living on the edge of one, which mm. I just love that language because you kind of were, but not really. You know, it's like like by by thinking, oh, it might come, oh, it might come, I better not do this, I better not do that, and make sure I have my beta blockers that I'm not going to take, make sure no one, no passengers are in my car. Yeah. That, that's the living on the edge. You know, that's the feeling of being on the edge of a panic attack. Meanwhile, Absolutely. you were fine, but for that. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That's funny. Um, It just reminds me too, I used to have, when I first started having panic attacks, I was prescribed Xanax and I took, I think I probably took it two or three times ever. And and I had a panic attack after I took it. So I was never, ever, it became the new bad thing. You know, like I was never going to take that because it made me so so calm that I panicked. (laughs) But the crazy thing is for years, I wouldn't drive without it. (laughs) Which is kind of what you're saying, right? It's like I had to have it, that superstition. I had to have it in my purse if I was driving somewhere, but I would never, ever take it, which just is Absolutely. (laughs) I know. And I think I even um, thought I had it one day and felt okay. And then like after a few hours realized I'd forgotten it and then suddenly felt bad. (laughs) Isn't that funny? (laughs) Yeah. I love when we can I love when we can look at that and see how, you know, just see how our mind is it just doesn't even make sense half the time. But man, we just live in what we think, not what yeah. reality is. Yeah. Okay. So tell us about um how this went, yeah, with the with the eye diagnosis and it, has that been sort of a, a journey like over the last several years, however long since you've known about it, or how's that gone? Yeah, so it was just over a year ago I got told and I, I literally just went in for a routine kind of check. Um, so it was literally the last thing I expected to hear really. Um, and actually they didn't give me any details, which when I look back now, I sort of think, well, maybe that was a good thing because it didn't completely freak me out. Because uh, some, you know, sometimes if you read or hear things, then you sort of just presume that that's what's going to happen. I mean, I did Google a few things, obviously, because I needed to know some things. But um, yeah, and don't get me wrong, I've had my, <laughs> my moments where, you know, if I'm in a low mood and, you know, I, I go down the route of, oh, you know, I'm not going to see my grandchildren or, um, you know, driving, things like that. And, you know, also the fact that, you know, I hated driving for so long and now I feel great about driving and love it. And then I'm going to have to give up driving. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, and then other days when I'm in a high state of mind, I think right, I'm going to be the first synchronized swimmer in the Paralympics. <laughs> <laughs> so it's, yeah, it has been up and down, but then because I know this understanding, I know that that's how it works. Yeah. I mean, that's, I love that. What a great illustration. You're either, you know, 
a, a gold medalist or you're like yeah. really sad and lonely and everything's horrible. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and meanwhile, nothing's changed. And meanwhile, you exactly. can see just fine. You know, you can see however you can see now. So that's it. Absolutely. And, and it's weird how like, obviously with this understanding, we talk about seeing and not seeing. And, you know, the days that I'm in a low mood, I feel like I can't see very well. And when I'm in a high mood, I can see perfectly fine. Yeah, I bet. I can imagine that's, um, yeah, that's so interesting. That's so good to see though, you know, to see, but that's so, yeah. so good to recognize, you know, because yeah. yeah, look at how clear that is, that it's the the role of thought in, you know, physically even seeing right now today. Yeah. Absolutely. And I, I know that if I'd been told this a few years ago, it would have been a very different experience. And I probably would have already started adjusting my life, you know, maybe thinking about moving near shops or, you know, but I feel like I'm just going to let it unfold as it unfolds. And I'll know what to do in the moment when it happens. Yeah. Wow. And I love how um, you have like things have occurred to you. Um, along the way, you know, like I know when we first spoke, you were going to like the Dominican Republic or somewhere amazing like that, because I just remember so clearly you saying like, yeah. well, you know, I, I, I want to see it now. <laughs> I'm going to see yes. it. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, what a kind of gift to bring you into the moment, you know, to, to make you sort of live for for now because even now when I get in my car every time I really appreciate the fact that I still drive and I appreciate that I, the fact that I can see see things still um and you know I just think that future thinking which you know I do at times but I don't have to kind of react to that every single time yeah yeah exactly and you know everything about the future we take it for granted so much because it's so played out in our own heads and it looks so obvious, but it's, it's all so completely unknown. So not only do we not know what your vision is going to be like in the future, we don't know what your experience is going to be of it, what you can see perfectly or not. We just don't, you know, and it's so, I'm sure that's one of those things that from a, from a higher mood and a clear state of mind, you kind of have that sense of that. And then other times I would imagine that's just gone because that makes sense. It's how we work, you know, but it really is incredible when, when we can see that, that we don't know yeah. what's in the future. That's right. And I think having so, well, no control over this at all and it feels okay has kind of made me look at other parts of my life that I think I've got control over and I've, you know, even let go of that as well because, you know, as you said, we just don't know. We're always in the unknown and we don't know what's going to happen five seconds from now. Yeah. So, so are there ways like that, that it's um, impacted you since you found out other ways, like just like you said, you know, get in your car and you're kind of grateful and what other ways is it? kind of changed your life since then? Um, so when I found out, I mean, I, I'd already really kind of got a lot from this understanding. And because I'm a hairdresser, I talk to people all the time. And, you know, I really kind of wanted to pass on this understanding to other people. So that felt like kind of the natural thing to do. And then I I literally saw an advert for your change coach training program. And it just 
it just was the right thing to do. So I just went for it, terrified of doing it, but I just did it anyway. But it just felt like the natural progression. And um, I have to say that's probably the one of the best things I've ever done. You know, that that kind of transition for, or just knowing that if anything happens with my eyes, I've got another kind of plan or, um, and that even that just unfolded as it was meant to. So I did your training from January we started and um, I can't believe that I'm now coaching. <laughs> just, you know, but again, it, it was effortless. You know, it was just the right, it was just natural and it was the right thing to do. And um, it just felt just like a kind of path, I guess, but I didn't even make any effort to go down and it's just happened. I mean, that's so, you know, if you had been in a deep depression at that time or whatever, who knows what would have occurred to you or to mm. do or anything. But I love how you're saying it, it just feels like it's that, maybe this is just putting an explanation around it, but it feels like it's sort of that sweet spot between, like you said, knowing that you don't know what's going to come, but being open to anything along the way. You know, because it yeah. wasn't, you didn't have to search anything out. And, and now, like you said, here you are with an alternate career, should you need it. And yeah. and it sounds like you want it. And Claire's an amazing coach, by the way. Super good. <laughs> Super good for someone that just stumbled into this and is yeah. like, oh, I think I would like to do this. She's like such a good coach. And what you're living through makes you so good at this. You know, I mean, yeah. that's what just blows me away. Like, I can't wait for you to keep coaching people and, and sharing this when it feels right. You know, I mean, what a amazing illustration of the fact that we, we just feel where our mind is. We don't mm. feel a diagnosis of something that might happen in the future. We don't feel any of that. We just feel where our head is and that you can feel so much more at peace and free right now today than you did maybe as a 16 year old kid who didn't have a problem in the world, <laughs> you know, like, yeah, that's absolutely. Yeah. It's just, yeah. well, I just, I love this conversation. I think again, just such a great illustration for people of uh, where our feelings come from. So what else, is there anything else that you've seen? I know you've seen so much over the past few years, anything else that really kind of stands out? Um, I mean, you know, some of my own, I know everybody's insights are different, aren't they? But um, some of my own personal ones um, were, you know, the fact that we only suffer when things should be different. I mean, that was quite a big one for me because, you know, there's that kind of pushing against stuff. And I think I was listening to one of your podcasts once and I think you talked about... um, how, you know, we kind of have this expectations of being born healthy, living till we're 80, 90, whatever, and we just kind of presume everything's going to go well. And, you know, that's just an expectation that we've made up. So, um, again, it's that kind of just a belief, really. So that that was huge for me. And um, and the fact that the, the feeling of anxiety as well is just a sensation. That was really helpful for me, that where it's just you know, sometimes if I feel nervous or whatever about anything now, I just kind of notice um, the feeling in my body is just, it's just a feeling, you know, it doesn't, doesn't hurt. It, I mean, it's not particularly comfortable, but it's, it doesn't really do anything, does it? 
And, um, you know, I used to love roller coasters and I used to pay money for this sensation. <laughs> <laughs> it's really big to see that, you know, and it like, yeah. and it just, it just like attunes us to it. I think like, oh yeah, this is, this is energy. My mind might be screaming about it, but that kind of ties into the first thing you said too. Like it's just energy or it's just life unfolding. Yeah. It's just things happening. And, yeah, and, yeah, I love and that. sometimes I sort of play with that kind of like, if I feel, if I'm like, say, cross about something or upset about something, I sort of play with that, well, what am I thinking should be different about this situation? And there's always something, there's always something I think should be different. And that's why I'm suffering from it. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And I love to play with that question too, of like, what if everything is always happening exactly as it was always meant to. Mm, the flip side yeah. of that basically, right? So, yeah. you know, and and who knows how things work, but I love even just listening to people that that theorize about, you know, that we kind of come into these physical bodies and and we're here to kind of teach people things and play out things. It's like, mm. it's just fun to let your mind go there and think, wow, so what if everything that has happened and that is going to happen in my life is absolutely perfect. Yeah. It, it, we still might not like it from this human level, but man, it puts such a, such a different spin on it. Yeah, absolutely. And so far, I mean, that's, that's the thing is when you look at pretty much anyone, so many of us have that sort of experience, you know, not that you would choose this diagnosis or that you would choose to have anxiety and all of that when you were younger. But, but now, even with just a tiny bit of distance, relatively speaking, a tiny bit of distance mm. from all that, you're seeing good in it, which is incredible. Yeah, I know. Because if anyone had said to me when I had, you know, was really anxious, you, you, you're going to actually be grateful for this one day, I would have just probably smacked them around the face. <laughs> you, know? you would have smacked them with your beta blockers. Yes. <laughs> But, you know, I would never have found this otherwise. So, yeah, it's yeah. good. It is. Yeah. It's awesome. Great. Thank you so much, Claire. I love love all that you've seen and, and how it's led you. And it's helped so many people already because the people that you talk with and as you're doing their hair and now you're coaching mm. clients and your family and everybody, it's, yeah. like, it's so fun to see the ripple effects of what you've seen. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Thank, you. Thank you. Thanks so much. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Bye. You guys, the Little School of Big Change Fall 2020 class starts in three weeks. Three weeks on September 28th. Right now, more than ever, I think we need this. I'm so excited for uh, for the timing of this. I'm so excited. I'm so grateful that the last course coincided with the breakout of this pandemic back in March and April. And the students there just couldn't say enough about how much, how helpful it was for them to be in an amazing community, not just an amazing community that offered support and friendship and and not isolation, the opposite of isolation, community. Not only that, but a community that's looking toward our resilience and our health and how we navigate change and how navigating change is actually really easy and really natural when we're not getting in the way. I mean, 
I can't imagine, again, anything more helpful and perfect for the times back in in spring when that was all happening. And now, because now it's not much different in a lot of places, unfortunately. We're we're navigating change in different ways. We're used to some aspects, but but then there are new things happening, like children going back to school and new normals all over the place. And I just think this is an amazing time to be part of this kind of course and this kind of community. So maybe you've turned to old habits and coping mechanisms during this time. Maybe anxiety, uncertainty are just really getting to you and through the roof. Whatever it is, please consider joining us for the September 28th course. I can't wait. So if you pre-enroll, you save $47 and you make sure your seat is guaranteed and you get instant materials. You get all kinds of resources to start your change and your support right away. Um, so do that. Go to the littleschoolofbigchange.com and I would love, love, love to have you in class this September 28th.